0: I'm going to be honest. I don't want to be on this podcast. I'm sure Nick doesn't want to be on this podcast, and I'm almost positive that Rob doesn't want to be on this podcast, but we have to. This is what we signed up for, and we're going to get into it. Probably not a long podcast if you see the time. I'm assuming we are going to be pretty quick with this, but um, we're going to talk about it. And It's the 24-hour rule. This is Monday, so it's actually a little bit more than 24 hours, but we're going to talk about it, we're going to get to it, and then we're going to move on. Hello, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I am your host, Sean Green. Guys, football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. Listen, if you would have bet East Carolina, they were the underdog, you would have made a lot of money uh, betting against UCF this weekend. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player needs, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like the NFL, college football, MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code Believe to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. That is B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And yeah, if you would have used bet online this weekend and you would have bet against UCF, like I said, you would have made some serious cash. Um, If you would have listened to us and bet for UCF, you would have lost some money. So we appreciate bet online as always for being the sponsor of Charge On. And yeah, boys, let's just get into it. I mean, disappointment bit disappointing is an understatement, right? I mean, we came in here, and I want to say something first, okay? I said last week, I think ECU is a tougher game. I'm more nervous for ECU than Cincy. And I can't tell you the amount of comments that I got privately and, you know, on my social saying, I'm delusional, I don't know what I'm talking about, this should be a blowout win for UCF, I don't know how you have a podcast about UCF, you have no idea, so I just want to say, and listen, my co-host that I love so much, Nick, he said I that was a crazy take. But I said it because that's what I believed. I thought this was a huge game that I saw UCF losing. Now, I said, if UCF plays the way that they have played the last couple weeks, you should kill ECU. I mean, ECU is a team that we said had a good defense. Offense is up and down at times. It all is up to Holton Nailers and how he plays. UCF came in and they looked so below average. And listen, you can, again, it's you can overhype it or underhype it, right? You can overhype the 70 against Temple, right? And say, oh my gosh, they're so the best team in college football. And you can overhype a loss and say, wow, we are the worst team in college football. But I think, This is the story of our season, and we're going to get into it very quickly. I said um, their names early on, Nick Geddes and Robert Husby, my great co-hosts that have to sit through these podcasts, especially when they're bad. Um, And This is the second one where really it's pretty bad, but Nick, how are you doing? I know probably not good, but um, how are you doing after that UCF uh, beat
1: down? Well, I mean, I'm good, you know, first and foremost, I'm fine, but... Uh, yeah, it was a hard, a hard watch for nearly four hours on a Saturday night, which I know you had concerns going into this game. I'm not saying I didn't have concerns. I did. You know, I called it a classic trap game. But I thought eventually, you know, UCF more high-end talent, eventually that would win out. But when you have quarterback play like you did, and this has been the story of the season, the the John Rise experience is a roller coaster and Frankly, I'm at the point I want to get off this roller coaster. I do. Um, I think we learned in this game he is not a conference champion winning caliber quarterback. He's just not. And this offensive line, it is not a championship caliber offensive line. It's not. Uh, that's where UCF is right now to go out there and lose by 21 points. It'd be one thing if you lose 34 30 or 28-24, or something like that, where they're driving at the end and the, the crowd gets going and East Carolina gets them by a hair. But to not even play competitive football, because that's not that's what that was. That was non-competitive football for four hours, is a shocking, embarrassing performance from UCF. And again, everything we talked about game day, which seems so silly to even bring up at this moment. But it was all there, the whole thing. And UCF fumbled the bag tremendously. And now you sit five and two through seven. A very underwhelming five and two, might I add. Yeah, very underwhelming.
0: And I think that is the perfect way to explain John Rice's performance this season is roller coaster. You said it perfectly. I mean, you have a high one week where you're like, I think he's figuring it out. And especially the last two weeks, it was he's figured out this offense and we said, we've said it for weeks, upward trajectory, right? And then you go out and you go 25 of 37, 296, three interceptions and a fumble. All of which, all of UCF's four turnovers were his fault. Like, we're, we're not going to sugarcoat it. It, it. They were all his. And it doesn't help that most of the turnovers, were, they were the first three possessions of UCF's offensive possessions. So... That's the name. Of, that's the game, right there. I mean, that's why I'm saying this podcast isn't going to be too long. I mean, UCF lost this game in the first three possessions. East Carolina played it perfectly. UCF made it somewhat of a game to start the second quarter or the second half, excuse me. But the defense didn't stop them. Um, Rob, you watched the game. I mean, again, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, right? <laughs> like. These are the games that we don't want to have to sit through. But, you know, as a fan, it, it's it's rough. I mean, it it hurts. And, yeah, I agree with Nick, right? Like, it would have been nice if it was like a 34-30, if UCF showed some fight in the second half and maybe made it a game. But they just couldn't, defensively and offensively, couldn't get anything going, Rob.
2: No, I mean, we we talked about on the preview podcast, what did we say? We said, I think all three of us agreed UCF was going to get out to another slow start. Slow start has been the theme to this offense and this defense this season, and this is the worst start they've had all season. Uh, I mean, what was it? Two or three straight offensive drives they turned over the ball. I mean, you had that horrible, yeah, three straight, three straight uh, drives where they either threw an interception or fumbled. I mean, this is horrible play at its finest. I mean, we they were not competitive at all in the first half. Probably the worst first half of play we've seen from this team offensively and even defensively. The defense was off to a horrible start as well. I mean, ECU was throwing and running the ball all over the place. Holt Naylor's looked so comfortable. Um, I think a roller coaster is the best way to describe the first half of the uh, first half of the game for UCF all season long, and I think it's a great way to describe how John Rice Plumley has played. I mean, would it be Orlando without some kind of roller coaster, right? I mean, that's what that's what the city is known for. So I think this is horrible for UCF because I mean, we talked about game day. I mean, Lee Corso kind of flubbed it up on on Saturday. He said, you know, uh, that it was very possible that if Cincinnati and UCF both won, that it would be coming to UCF. I mean, they had it on a silver platter. Basically, everything that needed to go right went right. Clemson won. Cincinnati won to stay ranked. All UCF needed to do was win, be a little bit competitive, you know, make it a a competitive win, get ranked, get game day. Had it on a silver platter, and John Rice Plumley fumbled that too. So I don't know. I don't know where you go from here. I think you know you can talk conference championship, but I definitely think that Tulane and that Cincinnati, uh, those t- two games against Cincinnati and Tulane, just became a whole lot harder for this team because. It's inconsistency all over the field right now.
0: Yeah, it is. And I will say this. And I'm sticking to my guns, even though I just watched a dreadful performance by our team. Um, I will say this. I am still not that scared of Cincy. I'm not either. I know. And now now trust me. I I said from last week, ECU was the, the game that scared me. First road game really going anywhere. Right. And I will say ECU's crowd was nothing. Like it was actually pitiful seeing ECU's crowd. Credit to the team. They played, they had the perfect game plan. They knew exactly how to stop us. They basically said, JRP, you throw it. And that's what we've been talking about. We said teams are going to force JRP to kill them passing the football. They loaded the box. They said, We want you to run it. Run it on us. And they tried to to no avail. And then the play designs were average at best. You knew exactly where he was going with the football. You want to know why they had three picks? I mean, the RPO on the first interception was slant. He he didn't even look to see if it was covered. He was just going straight to the wide receiver on the slant pick. Easy pick by ECU. They knew exactly what they were doing. So yeah, we could talk about game day. And trust me, I was excited. And that would have been huge for UCF, huge for the Cincinnati game to have every one of those guys come to the campus for a second time in five years. That'd be so great. That is so far, like, we, it's so crazy that we were thinking that that was actually going to be, like, a possibility. We're, we're thinking, oh, cool, we, we are 100% going to get game day, and they're going to Jackson State. That's how great it was on a silver platter for UCF, Nick, was they're going to Jackson State next week, they were go- they were coming to
1: UCF. All UCF had to do was win, and they couldn't get it done. Maybe, maybe we just put too too much hype on this team. Maybe we did. Maybe they bought into it a little too much. I don't I don't know. You know, I'm already going back and forth with people that are saying that you know it's okay because UCF's in a rebuilding mode. This is not a rebuilding mode. Okay, which is absolutely it, insane. I'm going to say this right to- here. This is why I say underwhelming. Don't tell me over five and two. Don't worry about it. Everything's still in reach. It's underwhelming. Because John Rice Plumley, this is a former SEC quarterback, who, even though he hasn't played quarterback in a while, he's he's played a lot of he's been around a while, okay? Point taken. Javon Baker was brought in from Alabama. Kobe Hudson was brought in from Auburn. Kamori Gamble, who I thought was gonna be a big piece to this offense, apparently not. MIA for like since week one, was brought in from Florida. Combine that with the transfers on defense. They went and Gus Malzon set the tone in May when he said, we want to be the Cincinnati of this year. We feel like we have a team that's capable of that. You don't have any team capable of doing that because you can't put away opponents that you should. We had started with the Louisville game. The signs were there and give credit to UCF and we've praised them the last four weeks for the way they've rebounded. But to go into this environment, and you said it right there, the environment was not as good as I thought it was going to be against a team that was still very much so inferior to you. And to not be even competitive, this is a stain on this on this uh, on this program and Gus Malzahn. And I, I take a look at some of the players that did. Where was Johnny Richardson? Did he play? Did we just not want to give him the ball? Where was Ryan O'Keefe up until the end of the game? Did he play? I understand Javon Baker is not a hundred percent, but the impact players, the lack of getting them involved, where was it? Shocking, shocking performance in the defense, which we hyped up as well. Top 10 unit. Couldn't get it done. Couldn't get off the field on third down. Travis Williams, I'm coming at you. Soft coverage on those third downs. No adjustments at all. Can't get to the quarterback. Holt Naylor's played one of the best performances of any quarterback this week. He was perfect. It's just an all-time bad performance by UCF. All-time bad. There's been some losses. The Cincy loss last year. The Tulsa 2019, which immediately I tweeted that out. It gave me those vibes right away. This is up there. This is up there with the expectations this group had.
0: Yeah, I think expectations and reality need to be kind of put together, right? Yep. I saw a couple tweets where UCF fans that maybe started watching in 2017, I think it's funny, right? Fans in 2017, they get so high or so low. Some the reason why some people maybe come on our podcast in our comments and say we don't know what we're talking about and it is because they were fans when UCF went undefeated and had like another good year the year after, and it's a delusional mindset where you look at the games and you're like, why isn't UCF winning by fifty? Why are they losing to this team? Blah blah. This is how you have to look at it. That was old UCF defense. It was atrocious when a quarterback goes thirty of thirty six, six uncompleted ball, incomplete balls out of thirty six passes. I mean that's despicable. That's terrible. Um, he looked like a Heisman finalist at yesterday. I mean, there they couldn't get any pressure on him, and the one time they did, it, the one play that basically made me just say this game makes me want to puke is the one where defense got a little bit of pressure, and he tosses the ball like up really high, like. It was to C.J. Johnson. Defense got pressure. I don't even know who the coverage was. It might have been Hodges. I think it was Hodges. Falls right into his lap. One of the easiest defended balls it was a horribly thrown ball, and it, still, and it was like third and 12. That was the epitome of the game. And, yes, we're going to talk about the season is not over. And I did say last week, if there's a game that UCF wanted to lose, it was this one. We didn't want to lose a game. But you lose to ECU, you still have the games, Cincinnati, Tulane coming up, you have everything in front of you, and it's fine to say that. It is, right? Like, I I see the tweets, everything is ahead of UCF still, we don't get game day, but it's, I understand that, and we'll talk about Cincy in our episode on Thursday, right? We're going to talk all about Cincy. I still think they have a good chance to win that game. The problem is expectation, Rob, and reality. Reality is, we are a above-average team that has really talented players, but some weeks, they just don't show up, and that is this team in a nutshell. You could beat Cincinnati by 21, but then the next week, you could go play Memphis and lose by 30. We don't know what team we're going to get, and that's partially because of the quarterback, which UCF fans praise and I also don't like this I don't love praising John Rice like he is a Heisman finalist a week prior and then this week making it like he is a walk-on quarterback I don't appreciate that either we've said who John Rice is and this is who he is you have good really good weeks and then really bad weeks and that's what you're getting but
2: yeah I don't know what the question
0: that I'm asking you Rob but (laughs) I'm sure
2: no I can I can that's just yeah yeah I can come in on this commentary I mean I think At the end of the day, like, I think we're guilty of it too. I mean, coming into the season, we picked, well, at least I picked, um, you know, UCF to lose twice. I think we also really had high, high expectations for this offense. This offense has been anything but consistent. Um, I don't think we had these expectations of the defense that we do. Uh, but now we do have expectations of the defense. You know, we have defended them as a top 15 defense in the nation. And now they're getting really, really tested by a, a seasoned veteran quarterback in Holton Naylor's and a really good ECU offense. And then you have to give credit to ECU's defense as well. I mean, I said last week, they are scrappy. We knew they were going to be yeah. come together as a unit and really give UCF problems. Um, you know, inferior defenses have given UCF problems. I mean, we saw Georgia Tech up until late in the second half give uh, UCF problems. UCF was really inconsistent that game. That could have easily been a loss. Uh, Louisville gave them a hell of a time, besides, you know, obviously Malik Cunningham running and throwing all over them. So, I mean, the signs have been there for UCF. I think what we are is a, like you said, an above average team. We're still a very good team. I think we absolutely can compete with some of the best teams in the conference. I think we can absolutely make a push towards the championship still, but you got to win every game ahead of you now, you know? Tulane's going to be very, very tough. I think I agree with you, Sean. I think Cincy is absolutely beatable. Um, Cincy struggled heavily with SMU yesterday. Um, I really did not like what I've seen from Cincinnati offensively. They got a good defense, but you know, inconsistent quarterback play as well. And just a not overall very good offense. So absolutely that's winnable. Um, But I think we need to set, like you said, we need to set expectations and reality together where this is a good team potentially great team at times, but they're going to be very inconsistent because of the quarterback and because of the offensive line. And even some of the play calling from Gus Malzahn, I mean, that's, that's been the story of Gus's career, you know, always inconsistent with play calling. So no, I mean, I don't think season's done. I think this team still has good ahead of them and they're capable of good um, and great, but you know, they just gotta, they gotta fix some things up. I mean, it's, it's just, this is what it is. This is what it is. And this is what we got to expect.
0: Yeah, and I think that's kind of exactly, I think, how most UCF fans feel, I hope, at this point. The conference is still winnable, and at the end of the day, you want to go out of the American with a conference championship. That's what UCF is striving mm-hmm. for this year, right? It's doable. You're 5-2. and two. You had a really bad loss against ECU, who you should have beat, Right. You can get right back on track here. And we're not talking anything about Cincy this week. I mean, that will be in our Cincy episode. This is to get over to talk all of the negative that we need to talk about from this game and moving on. Because, yes, now next week, if UCF does lose to Cincy, this is a whole other podcast. This is determining who are we playing in a bowl game? How can we get to, I don't know, eight wins, nine wins? What does UCF need to improve on? If UCF wins against Cincy, we're staying on this, okay, can we win this conference championship? Can we host a conference championship? But there are so many flaws, Nick, right now where you're looking at it. And yes, the Cincy game is a winnable game. I think we're all looking at it. We saw the game against SMU. Most UCF fans are watching that game and saying, okay, it's kind of what I've been seeing, right? Cincy's good. They're not great. They're average. Difference between us and Cincy right now, Cincy is winning
1: those games and we are not winning those games. Well, so, here's the thing. Yeah. Not to cut you off, but I mean, here's the thing no, you're to, good. to consider the schedule. And I think I, I mentioned this on the last podcast that I, if I had concern, it was how they're going to adjust to playing their first true road game. And I think if we being honest here, UCF, at least in the past five years, I know we're trying to turn the page on that and just look at it like this year as, as a whole, but it's, it's a known fact. If UCF has had a weakness in this run, it has been that they have struggled on the road in these types of games, in these types of atmospheres, right? Correct? Correct. Correct. And this was their first test. And now you're going to get Cincinnati. So, yes. Will they, pro- will they come out much better against Cincinnati? Yes, they will. And we'll get to that when we get to that preview show. But, you know, you still got to go on the road against Memphis, which you lost to last time you went up there. And you still got to go on, it, on the road against Tulane, who's the best team in the conference. South Florida, yeah, But Tulane and Memphis, you still got to go on the road against. So, yeah, as much as I, I'm not trying to – I'm not, put, I'm not uh, getting the, the shovels out here and I'm digging UCF's grade by any means, but I think it's a realistic possibility that they drop another game before here on out, which would doom the, uh, the conference championship hopes because I don't know what this team is on a week-to-week basis. I don't know what I'm getting, and I'm at the point where you scored 70 against Temple. Whoop-de-do! I mean, it's Temple. At the at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter, right?
2: No, put up your lowest points of the year. It was a, it was a stat pad. Yeah. At this point, it's a stat pad game. It's the game against Temple.
0: Yeah. Like, Temple's the worst team in the conference. Right,
2: the SMU I mean, victory is the more, the more impressive one because that was completely dominant mm-hmm. from UCF's end. And even Cincinnati, you know, was a two-point conversion away to going to overtime with them.
0: Yeah, but here's also the problem. SMU, I think we've been looking past the past couple weeks, and we've said it, their offense is pretty good. Their defense is pretty terrible. bad. Yeah. And SMU has shown the big dip that they've taken from last year to this year. I know I get changing the coach and everything like that, but if that's UCF's most impressive win, now again they have to prove it, right? Like we can go prove it and show, like, okay, we could potentially be a great team. But it's hard to do that when you're the best win on your schedule right now is a toss up between SMU and Georgia Tech. I mean, that's that's what the toss up is. It's like, and I don't know Georgia how Tech. great that's looking. Oh no, I'm saying I'm saying if if that's what we're. Basing off of our best win is Georgia Tech or SMU. I think the beginning part of our schedule, and it, 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 as well, a fan then, of then they haven't beat a team with a winning record. No, they haven't beat a no, team with a they No, they could have yes on Saturday, but they didn't. They lost. So, it listen. There's so many stats, and that's the thing. We could go an hour on this podcast saying, "Oh, you know, let's go through ECU's scoring drives. They had a missed field goal, field goal, three straight touchdowns, field goal, one punt, and then another touchdown. We could we could tell you that. We can also tell you they went 9 of 14 on third down. They put up 458 total yards of offense. Um had zero turnovers, so we didn't do any turnovers. Didn't get to the quarterback. Keaton Mitchell ran all over us. CJ Johnson 140 yards like we could, we could go and tell you an hour of like, oh, what do these players do? There's no need. There's literally no need. This is what the game was. We have to throw it away. And I also want to, last point, pretty much, before we end this. I told you. It's going to be short. No point. I get it. A lot of people, you get really high or you get really low. And a lot of people, I saw bring in Tommy... Sit JRP, we're done with the experiment. Sit him, sit him, bring him in. I'm going to be honest, guys. I'm going to be completely honest. There's two more points, actually. So this is the one of the final points. As much as you maybe don't like JRP, or don't like the inconsistency, which, don't get me wrong, I don't like it either. And I don't think any of us do, right? I'm sorry, I'm not willing to waste a... One year of eligibility on Tommy, especially next year going to the Big 12 when he's probably the starter. If we're looking at it now, most likely he's your starting quarterback next year. You could say, oh, you know, get him some reps before the Big 12. You're throwing him into the fire. And I get that. I'm sorry. I don't want to waste a year a, a year of eligibility on the kid for this season right now. Like, we're seven games in. I think it's pointless to waste it. Let JRP finish it. If it gets bad, put in Mikey Keene. And I'm being serious. I don't want to do the same, oh, he had a bad game. Throw this. JRP is the quarterback. This is the quarterback that Gus wanted. He went out and got this quarterback. Let him finish the year. If it gets awfully bad, put another quarterback in. But I'm tired. Every single time he has a bad game, it's sit him. Sit him. He sucks. Do I think Tommy could do better? Again, he's a freshman. I have no idea. But the way he plays, there he does a lot of good things that could potentially do better than JRP. In garbage but time. I'm though. sick and tired, Nick. I'm sick and tired. It, it, no, it's, it's yeah, in it's in garbage time. time. But that's what I'm saying. Fans get so high, like it's oh my gosh, we have this great quarterback on our bench. You don't know that. Like it's because he's got a star next just... to
1: his name, Sean. It's because of the stars. Yeah. Let's just call it what I it is. It. It's the stars. And I get it. I understand, but as much as people don't want to hear it right now because he just played really really bad, he still gives you the best chance to win. He does. Uh-huh. You are Unless you are the rarest of rarest, and I mean Trevor Lawrence type, okay? And Tommy Castellanos ain't that guy, okay? He, he's not Trevor Lawrence. We'd know by now, okay? Only on those rarest occasions do guys just come right in as true freshmen and, and, and are the guy and can – put up points and can win games. Okay. Quinn Ubers is trying to do it right now with Texas. Okay. You see the way he played this weekend and he's the best of the best. He was a five star. He's going through growing pains. What do you think Tommy Castellanos is going to go through? Anthony Richardson. He can have moments of brilliance with Florida. And we saw that week one against Utah. What's happened since very inconsistent because it takes time so everybody wants – I agree with you 100%. Everybody wants to throw Tommy into the fire. That's the worst thing you can do for him right now. This offensive line is not quality. There's no sense. JRP needs to throw the ball away. I think we can all agree on that and try to do something. More. I almost feel like he needs to run more, I mean, if, if that's even possible sometimes. But there's no sense in putting Tommy Castellanos in there behind this line. No, there's no sense. Yeah, and it's – yeah, let's throw him in
0: – Um on a 330 ABC game against one of the best defenses no. if not the best no. defense in the American. Yeah, let's do that. That's probably yeah. smart for his confidence uh, at this age. Hundred percent.
2: No, no exactly. Like, exactly. Don't put him. You're not going to put him in the meat of the schedule. This is the meat of the schedule. You got Tulane and Cincinnati coming up. The two best teams in the conference by far. If you like, wanted to play against
1: USF and you let's say UCF right. drops two games, let's say they lose to Cincinnati and lose to Tulane, and you got four losses going into USF, and you want to throw Tommy in there, have at it, man. Knock mm-hmm. yourself out. But don't do but it. But That's right the now. problem. Like, why put him in?
0: Like, why? He's already played his four games. He's played them that if you play another one you're that is a year of eligibility gone. I get it. He like yeah. if he's good enough, it's not he's not going to use all the years. But there's well, literally no point. A, no
1: point at all. Well, maybe Gus doesn't really care about that though because I mean, and every time there's been a chance to get him in there, garbage time or situations, it's always been him. It could have been Mikey Keane. It's never Mikey Keane. So maybe that's not even on Gus's radar right now.
0: I don't think it is. And you're right about that. I don't think he cares. He now he said yesterday that like, he wasn't thinking about a quarterback change. And yeah, no, like it's JRP or, or bust this season. This is what we all signed up for, right? We signed up for the JRP experience. And at the end of the day, you're five and two with well, still a chance for a conference championship. So yeah, we're we're more passengers to it, but I get I get your point. We're on the roller coaster. We're already locked in. There's no there's no getting off. You're either throwing up. Or you're feeling good after it. I mean, that's the honest truth. No. They're not They're not lifting you off the seats. It's not stopped and you have to get helped off. Like, you're on it. Um, okay. One last thing before we go. I also saw this on socials. It's great seeing social media before we record. So I can tell all of our fans, you need to chill out. Um, I saw a lot of people yesterday say, we are going to get... Killed in the Big 12. This team is going to only win like four games next year. If that, this team is going to suck when we go over next year. There's a couple things, and I want both of your guys' input on it. Number one, it is 2022, last I checked. Last I checked, we're not even to Christmas. Number one, right? So I don't think anybody should be focusing on next year. I think you really should. We're in the American Athletic Conference this year. Shouldn't be focusing on next year. And then number two, I get it. We could talk about recruiting at any time. It is the best recruiting class we've ever had, number one. And who's you never know, right? Like most of those guys might not play. Look at all the transfers we got last year. You don't know who you're gonna get next year. This team will not, with the transfer portal now, you have no idea what your team's gonna look like next year. So for UCF fans that are now just be again, I get I get it, right? We're in a podcast just berating this team after a 34 to 13 loss. I understand it. But to then just say, we're gonna get killed, there's potential. We might get killed. We might, it, it might be a process, right? But We're in the year 2022. We're in the American Athletic Conference. And you have no earthly idea what the team will be next year. So I would say drink some wine, sit on your couch, watch a nice show, and chill. Just chill out. Let's finish this year. And if it doesn't end well, guess what? You're going to be listening to us from now until the next year where we go into the transfers that we pick up, the recruits that we get, and we can go into if we're going to get killed in the Big 12. But that was another thing that was kind of irritating me because I'm like, we should be focusing on winning a conference championship. Not so much we're going to get killed in the Big 12. Just be grateful we're going to the Big 12 where it looks like we're going to get $60 a year that will help our program and help get better recruits and all that stuff. So that's my
1: little rant. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Well, Sean, you're asking for the fans reasonable. And this is how it goes. When UCF wins against Temple, they're the greatest team ever. And we're going to a New York six ball. And I'm guilty of that. Okay. I'll raise my hand. Okay. They lose a game like they did the other night. Worst team in the conference. Don't even bother. They're going to get blown out by Cincy and Tulane. That's how it goes, right? There's no in between with the fan base. There's just not, but I think there's a couple things to consider there. Number one, the big 12 move. I think there is something to it. And to where the teams that are going to be left in the AAC, they're going to give you your best shot on your way out. They're going to. I think that's – look at Cincinnati. They're having to play tough games right now in the AAC. Nothing's coming easy for Cincinnati against inferior competition, right? I mean, it's the same thing's happening with Houston. It's happening with UCF. I mean, that was going to happen, but you have to raise your level of competition. You have to. And to the point about, oh, they're going to get killed in the Big 12, Every team changes every year, like you said. And I think about the guys that they were able to bring in with those players knowing that they were coming out of group, they were coming out of power five. Now you're in the power five, which changes things completely. So the amount of players that are going to be open to your disposal in the transfer portal, I think, is going to increase as well. And the way the portal is set up nowadays and coming off the best recruiting class that this program has ever had. You can fix at least one side of the ball in one year. You can do it. Now it's easier for some other programs like USC that just has done it this year. With one year they fixed the entire offense. I get that. But you can do it as well to some extent. So I a hundred are you just everybody needs to just chill out. It is you need to chill out. Rob, do you have any comments?
2: Yeah, I mean yeah, it's a, it's the same thing, too. I mean, this is social media and especially so, sports social media, you know, in a nutshell. It's not just UCF. This is what fans do. One week, you know, you can be the greatest thing since sliced bread. And the next week, you can be, you know, one foot in the grave. I mean, you saw, you've seen it with every team. You've seen it with Florida. Nick brought up Anthony Richardson. After the first week, everybody's like, oh, seen enough. Anthony Richardson, Heisman favorite. Next week, oh, Anthony Richardson sucks. Get this guy off the team. I mean, it happens all the time. It doesn't matter you know, what team it is in college football, but I think, especially the big 12, I think it's, it's college football too, where things change year to year. I mean, Sean, you brought up the transfer portal. I mean, half this team this year is transfer portal. So, I mean, you can absolutely on your way into the big 12, still add some big uh transfer portal names and some big candidates. You don't know who's opting out and who's leaving and who's entering the transfer portal yet still for a lot of teams. So they still can get some big acquisitions ahead of the biggest recruiting class that UCF has ever had. So I think absolutely things change not only in the American, not only in the big 12, they change in every conference. I mean, look at last year was Kansas ever talked about? No, but Baylor was ranked, you know, TCU was great this year. You got K state, you got okay state. I mean, you got some really good, there's not, there's a chance that some of those teams aren't, you know, Baylor this year, isn't ranked. Kansas has fallen off since, Uh, the last couple weeks, you know, um, they're not ranked anymore. So it's a lot to take in because I think we have so many expectations and so many big expectations for this team. It's easy to emotionally react, but like Nick said, you got to temper it. got to calm down a little bit and you just need to wait and let and see what happens this year isn't even done. So why are we talking about next year already? We don't know what this team's going to look like. We don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. Exactly. And as a fan, like, listen,
0: we, the three of us are fans. We are one of you. There's a reason you're listening to this podcast. We are just saying it's, a, I understand, right? It's easy to look ahead and to look towards the future, but you're going to hate life in a couple months where there's no football, there's no UCF football, and you're just sitting there waiting for the next season, right? So let's focus. We have a huge game coming up. The biggest game of the season. To this point, everything's ahead of us. Let's calm down. Listen, there's no denying it. The game was terrible. I mean, the worst game of the year by far. Everybody's worst performance, defense, offense. Colton Boomer, though.
1: Positive? Positives. Um. Listen, he has been I'm, good, though. I'm in a similar situation as a Bucks fan where... <laughs> The kicker is the best player on the team. And that's not a good place to be, by the way. In case, you, no. in case that's not news to anybody. I mean, it's definitely not good. Definitely not.
0: But we like our kicker, so that's good. That's good. All right. Huge week coming up. Obviously, no college game day, but we're going to talk everything since he, right? They've shown some things on film. They're a good team. You win, you get right back on track. So we will bring you that episode on Thursday, um, per usual. That's kind of our new schedule, right? Mondays and Thursdays, we bring you new episodes. Um, Any last thoughts, boys? It's going to be
2: okay. It's going to be okay. Just calm down. It's going to be okay. Unless we lose against Cincinnati, then that's a whole other bag of worms. But right now, it's okay. We'll be fine.
1: Yeah, um, I just uh, I don't know I don't even I almost don't even know what to say here if I'm going if I'm trying to like send a message to UCF fans or just my parting thoughts in general on this game. Uh, oh boy, oh boy! I guess you know expectations have to sort of be tempered. I guess is something that we need to learn as a as a fan base and just in general with this program because I think there are a lot of people that are living off of what occurred five and f- four and five years ago. It has probably created unneeded expectations year after year after year. And it probably isn't fair to the team. It's a lot of pressure to deal with, I'm sure. But at some point, we have to all just kind of take a chill pill and sit back and realize where this team is. And I think more accurately, it's a 9-win, 10-win football team. And I don't want to be in a situation where I'm looking at it going, damn, that's a little underwhelming. Like I said, 5-2 and two is right now. So I think that's a big thing is we all just need to temper expectations. And listen, support the team. We're still supporters.
0: We will be here every week. And that's that. If you're a fan, you're going to stick with the team. If you're not, then you're not a fan. So, But that's sports. So bad loss, loss to ECU, 34-13. We'll be back on Thursday. Huge game versus Cincy. Um, and yeah, we appreciate the support as always. Please like, share, subscribe, comment, do everything that you usually do. And yeah, hopefully we can uh, turn this around and get a win next Saturday. Thanks to Bet Online being a sponsor as always. This has been Charged On presented by Bet Online. We will see you on Thursday.